Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome into the show from the West Coast, the heart of the crumbling Pac-12 conference. If I sound like I'm in a bad mood, it's just because I've got the dust from that conference's demise on me on my commute to the office. feel bad for them, but man, clothes were clean when I left the house. Now I got, well, there's a little bit of Cal right there. There's a little bit, well, UCLA's just a dust of them getting the hell out of Dodge. We'll get into that here in a little bit. I'm an adopted fan of the Pac-12. I am not a Pac-12 person by birth. That was Big Ten in Iowa. I'm not a Pac-12 person by collegiate loyalty. That was... Mizzou, I don't even know what conference they're in anymore. Okay, I do. It's the SEC, but they were in the Big 12. But I feel bad for the Pac-12. That doesn't change reality, which we will hit in a moment. You know what also doesn't change reality? How big of a mega film Barbie is. I haven't seen Barbie or Oppenheimer, Barbenheimer. But I respect D-Cell leaning into pop culture. He's wearing a pink shirt today. Very pink shirt. It's a Barbie shirt to celebrate Barbie. So we'll get his movie review on what is clearly a seminal film that changed his life, perhaps, or at least his worldview on on art. Uh, I've also got a brand new assignment for D Cell, and I'm re- it involves his wife, Mrs. D Cell, a part of it too. I'm good morning, Tom. We'll get that to you in twenty minutes. Good morning, Bill. Happy Tuesday to you. To you as well. Oh, that's it. That's the greeting. Got it. Uh, he's not the best color man in the business for nothing, folks. <laughs> Major League. Uh, CJ Nikowski is going to join us in an hour. Longtime Major League pitcher. Now an analyst for the Rangers who just got Max Scherzer. It is an MLB trade deadline day. So he'll give us some insight. Jim Bowden will be on tomorrow. So we'll do a before and after with two of the best in the business. We'll get into some of the possible moves that are out there. Uh, U.S. women's national team barely held on. Barely held on. And we're able to thank Crossbar for their advancement out of the group stage in the World Cup. We'll talk about that a little bit. I don't think yet that I have talked to the guys about the absolute stupidity of Twitter being called X. X marks the stupid spot. So I I do want to get into that a little bit, even though that news is old. I was on vacation last week with the overrated reality of lobster, which I think we all came to the same conclusion. You guys love the lobster talk, the main talk yesterday. Also, I feel bad taking shots at lobster because I love Bangor and I love that area, and I feel like maybe alienate some listeners and just people that I got to know there. But a bunch of you that live in Maine who listen to the show weighed in on Twitter at Sports Writer, Sports R-E-I-T-E-R, how much you hate lobster. 
and I thought Twitter always tells the truth until one of you said Diesel and Ryder are the two best to ever do it. I thought, okay, X marks the spot of stupidity. <laughs> Although if you're the person listening who said that, we thank you. Do you see that, Tom? You're the best to ever do it. Yeah, it took me about 30 seconds to hit the retweet. You did not retweet Yeah, I it. sure did. All right. Miss... <laughs> Hey, man, you got to sell you. Uh, Lamar Jackson's selling a lie, but I like it. Let's lean into it. About 30 or 40 minutes, he's got a worldview on where the Ravens stand in terms of the perception of other teams and how that impacts the pressure or lack thereof. Uh, he's full of it, but we're going we're gonna to give him his say and then tell him why he's wrong. Bunch of stuff to hit. 855-212-4CBS if you, if you want to give us a call. Pac-12 is in, is in deep, deep trouble. And, and later today, maybe tomorrow, the realities of the debacle the Pac-12 have led themselves into is going to become clear. That is when their commissioner, George Kliakov, is going to tell the member schools that will remain after this season what the TV rights deal is. So the three and a half schools that remain are going to find out what Nickelodeon is willing to pay them. All right, it's actually nine schools that will remain after the year, and it's the CW that's sort of in the mix here. But it is dire, and it is not good. And... This is a combination of of poorly run conference that has a history and is proud of that history and thought that history would protect them. That's that's called incompetence, folks, and having to battle a a pack of wolves. I mean, that's what the SEC is. And let's give the Big Ten credit. It's a cutthroat business. You eat what you kill. It ain't fair. It ain't gentlemanly. It is kill or be killed. And the Big Ten, which is not obviously the product on the level of the SEC, has adequately, more than adequately, navigated the drama and the chaos the last few years to put themselves in a position to survive in a really big way. How do you do that? You steal other schools. And so the fact that USC and UCLA are going to that conference, are abandoning the Pac-12, is a big part of the equation. And that means that you've got a Pac-12. You've got a reality where it's not just nine schools that remain. They are losing two critical schools and Colorado. And I, and I guess I should probably put Colorado in the mix of critical schools because at this point, a warm body is all that matters. And Colorado's a little bit more than that. They are a gateway to the Midwest. And so you need in, in, in modern college football, unless you're the SEC and they're going to get there anyway. And I suppose they're there already with the way that they've expanded with Oklahoma and with, with Texas coming in. You've got to be beyond your region. It doesn't matter historically where your schools play. You've got to be national the way the Big Ten has, or at least near national. And Colorado does that, and obviously they have Deion Sanders, which is a major, major force just in terms of relevance. And even though it's not in Denver, Denver's a major market, and obviously Colorado's a big deal in that market. But those three schools, USC, UCLA, and Colorado, are leaving. And that isn't new. We've seen schools jump ship a bunch the last few years, hell, the last decade. Colorado did it this century. They went from the Big 12 to the Pac-12. Here's the the stark reminder as we wait for the news on what the Pac-12 is going to be offered and really what they're probably not going to be offered in terms of TV rights. Neither of these three schools are paying an exit fee. Neither of these three schools are coughing up the millions and millions and millions of dollars that, A, penalizes schools and therefore at least theoretically somewhat prevents them from leaving, but, B, is just a financial lifeline for the conferences to take that money and entice other schools to be part of their conference so that they can survive. And why is that? What level of incompetence led to the free walk, the free agency, if you will, for UCLA, USC, and Colorado? There's no TV rights deal. There's nothing in place. There's no contract binding these schools. It's over at the end of what is this upcoming season next year. 
It is a huge problem. And just to put it in context, the Big 12, which is not a, a conference without its own struggles, not a, not a conference that is without its own reality in terms of schools leaving, just got a new deal. And, and let's be fair. I work for CBS, and I have worked for Fox Sports in the, in the past. The major, the major television networks that have sports arms are at the center of this reality, indirectly to a degree, because we, they, provide a whole bunch of money. And the deal the Big 12 got, which is what, was ESPN and Fox, I think, split between the two of them, you're talking $31 million per school per year. That'll keep you going. That'll keep you alive. And so this is, in many ways, a real-life sports business reality representation of my one of my worst, not even nightmares, just traumatic experiences as a kid. I hated, and I mean hated, musical chairs. When I was, and I was pretty good at it. I'm fairly fast. I'm, I'm quicker than I look. I'm not afraid to just knock some kid or some girl off the chair for playing musical chairs. Where it's half, it's halfsies. I'll put them to the ground. It just found it brutal. I mean, think about musical chairs. It's like a third grader. It's basically teaching children that only one of you can survive. It's like Highlander for kids emotionally. There can only be one. It was always sort of brutal when you realize, all right, now we're down to three chairs, so one of you is a loser. Go stand with the rest of the losers. In the musical chairs of college realignment, the Pac-12 is losing, and they're going to lose, and it's inevitable. Look, I'm not a business expert. Maybe the CW is secretly backed by, I don't know, a multi-billionaire, Scrooge McDuck, China. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Maybe they're going to come with a whole bunch of money. Maybe there is a deal that the commissioner of the Pac-12 is going to be able to present to these nine schools that says we can survive and push through. Maybe Arizona State and Arizona, Cal, Oregon, Oregon State, Stanford, Utah, Washington, Washington State are going to be, are going to be all right. But I kind of doubt it. I kind of I doubt it. And look, San Diego State is not a major, major force in college athletics. But when they're turning away from you, when they're flirting with your conference and then do their due diligence and say, you know what, we're going to crawl back to our secondary conference rather than be a part of this crumbling debacle that is the Pac-12, you know there's a problem. When people are wronged, when proud people are screwed over by lesser people, but that Colorado is a lesser program than the programs traditionally in the Pac-12. That's part of, I think, what is the... The, the, the difficult pill to swallow here. Colorado was a great football program in its big 12 days. It was. It had a history that was legitimate. Then they went to the Pac-12, and they were an afterthought. It was easy to forget where they played. They could have played in the Mountain West for all that their history suggested. And USC and UCLA and certainly Oregon and other programs within the, the Pac-12, but those three were excellent. And, and so when, when, when Dan Lanning is, is doing his press conference trying to talk about a season, that's the head coach at Oregon, and he's got to answer a question about Oregon having to address the, the exit of Colorado. And the subtext is, here's a school that's never mattered to you that is a part of the end of the conference you're in and threatens your ability to succeed and recruit. Because if you're not in a real conference, you're not, you don't exist. This is the kind of, I get it, petty, frustrated, life-isn't-fair response that I think tells the tale of the Pac-12. Not a big reaction. I mean, I'm trying to remember when, what they won to affect this conference. I don't remember... Do you remember them winning anything? I don't remember them winning anything. I mean, it's a good shot. But that has nothing to do with it. USC won some stuff. They gone. UCLA kind of won some stuff. They gone. 
it doesn't matter what you want. It doesn't matter what your history is. It doesn't matter what's fair. It doesn't matter what your fans want. It doesn't matter what your alumni prefer. Trust me, as a Mizzou guy, I'm still mad as hell that we're in the SEC. It doesn't matter what factor you point to other than the rivers of dollars that flow your way or flow away from you. That's the deal. That's the reality. The SEC, I was part of a, a, a summit yesterday. It was awesome. Um, for my other gig, and we had a bunch of data presented, and it's all the stuff you'd expect. What sports rank where? Who, who prefers what? And, you know, the NFL's huge, and then it's the NBA, but the SEC operates as basically, in terms of attention and, and, and eyeballs and hits and fan interest, somewhere between the NBA and MLB, kind of the secondary sport, and the NFL. The SEC on its own is basically NFL light. The SEC's fine. The Big Ten's going to survive because they have been able to pull in some really big schools coast to coast. And I do I think Rutgers and Maryland matter? Not not really, but whatever, you're you're coastal. But USC and UCLA and really LA where I'm sitting, it is not just the demise of the Pac twelve, it is this it solidifies the Big Ten. And the Big Twelve just got a new deal. They'll probably pull in some other schools or other places they're gonna be out there. But if you're the Pac twelve, I, I guess you can look at what are you gonna look at UNLV, I guess, as a school that you're gonna try to go out there and and lure, you're going to go Colorado State or the you know the the beautiful blue. I actually don't like the blue field of Boise State. I know I'm supposed to, so I, I always I always try to force it on myself. SMU because you're and SMU not a, not a power program, but a lot of money from its boosters, and it is in the Dallas area, so maybe you feel like you can claim some of that some of that market. But none of it matters if you don't have any money. None of it matters if the CW or or you know I don't know some other random network local cable Wayne's World affiliates across America decide that they're going to give you a, a small chunk of change. The Pac-12 was playing checkers while everybody else was playing chess. And they're, they're screwed. They're done. Barring a surprise today, it's over. It's all over but the shouting. And so that's what to keep an eye on. Whatever deal is presented by the commissioner of the Pac-12 to the nine remaining schools, however dire, or maybe not, maybe I'm wrong here, but that is going to tell the tale of the Pac-12 over the next three to five years. If the money is not significant enough, remember it's presented, it has to be approved. If the money is not big enough, if the money is not commensurate with the other so-called Power Five conferences, or at least in that range, it will be a signal to some of Arizona State, Arizona Cal, Oregon, Oregon State, Stanford, Utah, whom I'm forgetting, Washington, Washington State, to get the hell out while you can, to run while you can, to beat your neighbor to safety. The Pac-12 is going to become that old thing about how do you get away from a grizzly bear. You run faster than the guy next to you. That's what you do. Reality is about to maul the Pac-12. I hate it. It sucks. It's not fair. Guess what? It's business. And the Pac-12 has put themselves in this position as much as the other schools and the other conferences that out-navigated them tore at the fabric of what the Pac-12 was about. The minute USC and UCLA were out, the Pac-12 had to be in survival mode. They haven't survived. I'm sorry, Pac-12. It's not cool. But if you're on the West Coast like I am, it's time to get used to the Big Ten or the Big 12 or at the SEC because that's what you're going to be a part of if things go well. 855-212-4CBS if you want to call Diesel, who's the best that's ever done it. The best, and he retweeted it. So if you, want, if you don't believe it, at DieselCBS. I'm not calling it X. I hope. It's on Twitter. Twitter.com. It'll go to X.com. What a... And you think we're not in a simulation. The guy renamed it X. Okay. Awesome. Uh, I've got an assignment 
for Tom and Mrs. D cell. And I actually think it's a great. It came like a light bulb last night. My daughter Madeline and I have a tradition. Uh, there's a show we watch every night if we have time. We're watching it, and just light bulb went off. I thought I don't think about Tom ever when I'm not working. But a light bulb. This is a D cell moment. We're gonna assign Tom pretty aggressive assignment. Hopefully he'll do this one. I think we've done like a hundred, and he's never. He just doesn't take my phone calls afterwards to see how it's going. And we'll talk some MLB trade deadline next here on CBS Sports Radio. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He's Bill Ryder and people can't stop listening. What does it mean to bristle at someone? To take on an aggressively defensive attitude. (laughs) I mean, that's a... I'm not saying it's not accurate. I just don't know that, that that's right. overly positive. And I never heard somebody be called a bristler. So like that's where I was confused by. That seems that's why I wanted to make sure the definition of bristler before I said yes or no. But Diesel definitely bristles at way too many things during these two hours. Yeah, bristler, one who bristles. It's writer than you with Bill Ryder. Welcome back into the show, Bill Ryder with you, along with Andrew Bogish and the Bristler. I uh this is awkward. Tom, I had a friend call me yesterday, and she goes, hey, I'm, I hadn't talked to her in a while, and I called her back, she goes, oh, I'm in, I'm in Manhattan Beach, or I was, but I missed her, I was running errands, I go, oh, what do you do, what do you, she lives on the East Coast, what are you doing in LA? She goes, oh, I'm flying to Australia tomorrow, which is today, Tuesday morning, and I go, oh, that's an amazing thing to be doing, you're going to Australia, why are you going to Australia? She goes, oh, I, I, I'm going to go for the U.S. Women's uh, World Cup. Like, oh, that's great. Like, just to be there in general. No, for, for, for the U.S. women's national team. I'm like, what do you mean? Because, well, I'm going to go watch the women when they get out of the group stage. And I go, you know if they lose tonight, they're out of the World Cup, right? And she says to me, no, 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 no. They're, 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 a lock. they're already in. They're a lock. And I go, have you, have, you bought your, have you bought your tickets to Australia? She goes, yeah, yeah. I go, well, I hate to break it to you, and I could be wrong. If they lose, and I think it was the Netherlands win, they're out. They're probably out. And she did a little, you know, you can hear someone frantically Google searching, and then it was just panic, like, oh, my God. So I, this morning we wake up to the news. If you're on the East Coast, you probably didn't see it. U.S. Women's National Team did advance, but did you guys see in the 91st minute, they should have lost to Portugal, and Portugal hit the post. Here's my question, though. 
Good job, women. Let's go. Let's be better. Who books a, a cross-country trip? She's on a plane right now. She just can't be listening. Who? Wouldn't you just make sure? Like, what is the arrogance of soccer fans in this country that we just assume the women are grandfathered into the next round? Well, They're I think... they supposed to win the whole darn thing. Yeah, I think it was safe to assume that they were going to make it. The problem is today was dicey. That's why everybody's freaking out because they should have been easily already in. But she didn't know. She's yeah, like, I mean, no, 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 they're already in. They'll win. It's, okay. It's a, that's the problem. That's the issue right yeah. there. That's they, a secondary problem. They played like hot garbage so far in this mm-hmm. tournament. They've been bad. All right. Uh, Andrew, I have a new assignment for, for D-Cell, and I actually think it's a great one. It takes some effort, though, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are, you, what are you laughing at already? The bristler. Mm. I actually think this would be amazing. All right. I just want you to. I know it's a lot of work. I know it takes some deception. I'll actually set it up. All right. Am I hugging anyone? Maybe your wife on camera. So here's the deal. (sighs) Madeline, my 14 year old daughter, and I will watch International House Hunter sometimes at night just to like wind down. She likes the show. And there's always weirdos on there or couples that don't want to move. And last night, I mean, these are like years old. We watched a couple from Wichita. And by the way, I don't know how he landed her. That's another subtext where I'm just like, come on. You married that guy? I mean, I lived in that part of the country before I got married. Like, what's, what, what, I don't understand. Okay. And there's awkward. I think you and Mrs. Shell should go on vacation, but pretend you're moving to Europe and go through an international house hunters. Because I want to see what it was like, what it would be like for you. Because you kind of remind me of her. She's like, I've never left Wichita. I never thought I lived leave Wichita. Why aren't they speaking English? It was amazing. That's exactly what my wife would sound like. She's never left New Jersey, has yeah. no interest in leaving New Jersey. If I ever got, you know, you know, my dream job of whatever that is that pays, you know, mega millions of dollars, I would be living somewhere else without my wife and son because they would still be living in New Jersey. Wait, Wait what your, is dream your dream is to win the lottery and leave your family? <laughs> No, if, if if I got some high-paying job right across the country, whatever state it was, my wife is not leaving New Jersey. I would then leave and live by myself. She made it very clear she is never leaving. Before you got married. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, that's fine. Then she, she was. But I'm just saying you should go through the motions and trick international. I just want to see you guys go to the three houses and have one of the. The the have you seen the show? One of the quirky realtors show you around. I've seen it. We've watched it. My wife is big into uh, HGTV and House Hunters and International House Hunter. Like it would be a comedy of errors on our part because we don't know what we're, we're what we're looking at. If Spike Eskin, who's the big the big boss, the the grand poobah here, called you up and said, "Look, Odyssey, who, who's our company, has a new endeavor, and we're going to pay you five hundred grand a year." But you have to live in Philadelphia. You gotta move, and you gotta move into Philadelphia. Or hell, it's a West Coast operation. I need you in LA at five hundred grand a year. Let's do this. Let's remake radio. Let's change everything. We believed in you the moment you wore that pink shirt during the Barbie week and, and showed your pop culture finesse. You're not. And by the way, that is a sharp shirt. It is. Uh, this is, is a salmon-colored shirt for my support no, of seafood. Uh, it's not. Okay. Based off of yesterday's uh, back and forth between the three of us. 
I haven't seen the film yet. I've seen the trailer, but that is a shirt that that, that celebrates a a doll leaving her dream house and going to the real world. And you're you know handsome in shape. You're not far off from Ryan Gosling as Ken. Oh my gosh, you're a, you're 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 a bristling Ken. Yep, <laughs> Ken the bristler. Thank you for all your sarcasm on a Tuesday. Was there a radio employee version of Ken? I know how Barbie had different career paths and occupations as a doll. Yeah, This is what I mean. See, the audience may not pick up on all your sarcasm, but I can feel it. Both of you. I can feel it, and this is why I say I'm not treated well. Everybody else thinks, oh, they're giving him nice compliments. They like his shirt. They're saying he's in shape. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, Andrew was. I'm going to do what you're talking about now because it wouldn't be Ken. It would be like the knockoff version. You'd be like Cal. You know, <laughs> hanging out with Burmy. You know, for those of us that can't afford the real, right? Mattel makes Barbie. You'd be the, the knockoffs that are made somewhere in Iowa. You're Cal. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, yes, I'm taking that job that Mr. You know, Spike Eskin. You moved to L.A. without your family. Yes. My wife would not move. Would not move. Well, that's called divorce, man. Like, you can't. No, I don't think she would get divorced either because, she, you know, if I'm getting that, you know, $500,000 job, she wants a part of that as well. Right. It's very clearly stated. I knew what I was getting myself into. Dude, having done it for 10 months to help my career go a better direction, and my daughter, Madeline, who was 14 months when I moved to Miami from Kansas City to cover the heat, came and saw me almost every weekend from either Lori or my parents, I'm telling you, you couldn't do it. It would be terrible. Oh, I would struggle not seeing them. They would be all right without me. They'd be fine. I would struggle. Yeah. Would your wife really let an in-shape Cal, Ken, you know, basically a walking Cal doll, Ken right. doll. With money. With money. Head to L.A. She would say, congrats on the job. Good luck. Send me a postcard. You've seen, of your new family, you've seen... <laughs> What the Big Ten did to the Pac-12, right? How they basically came in and stole UCLA and USC. I'm just, they're wolves, man. There are some wolves here that are, are fairly pretty. You might you might get stolen yourself, you know? The conference realignment within your own life might be ugly. Until somebody had a conversation with me, and then they would realize what they were getting into. Yeah, that's fair. The well, if you're making money and wearing those pink shirts looking like the muscles you are. It's salmon, man. It's salmon. It's not pink. Yeah, it's in the pink family. I, I wonder, though, Bill, if D-Cell is like New York radio hot. So he looks really handsome here in comparison in this lighting. But he gets to L.A. where all yeah. the fancy people are, where people have money. Does he lose a little bit of his physical attractiveness? So two thoughts. A, I wouldn't go hot. I would go, you know, mildly warm. But okay. that's great. Uh, B, you're right. When I moved, this is a true story. When I moved to, when I'm in, I'm in LA, whatever, I'm happily married, but women, I'll just be like, hey, can you pass the salt? And they're put out or whatever. Like, they're standing in front of, excuse me, and they like roll their eyes. I'm not hitting on you. I'm just actually trying to get to the door. The first time that I went, moved to New York to look for an apartment without my wife, I went with my cousin, and she's like 25, and we went to some bar not far from you guys that has outdoor ping pong tables by the High Lines. You know this like beer garden spot? Anyway. No. I went to try to order a beer from a waitress, and she just kept talking to me and asked me where I was from, and my cousin was standing there, and, and, and anyway, finally the waitress leaves, and I turned like an idiot to my cousin, go, God, that was annoying, why couldn't I get a beer? And she said, that waitress was hitting on you, because in New York, it turns out, there's a lot more women than men, so you can look really like a three, like I am, and just like pure desperate, you're right, it's different in LA, everyone's good looking and there's more dudes, however, mm. however, I know a lot of bozos here. 
I mean, real losers. I mean, like conversational duds, people that are the worst who have very attractive spouses because they are crazy rich. It's a whole subgenre here where it's just like, wow, that guy is the worst, but he's married to a Barbie. That's a real thing. If Tommy's coming out with the money, and Tommy, you're not a dud. You're you're a you're a mildly warm. Right? You 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 know you're. I'm room temperature. You could be honest. I'm room. Temperature. I'm cold, so it's and it works. <laughs> so so yeah, I I think I think he'd be in some danger, can especially I, wearing those pink shirts. Can I still be the bristler out there in in on the West Coast? I don't think you could change. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> think, think so could. either. I'm with you. You'll find something wrong with success, better weather, and female attraction. <laughs> I let me posit a sports question to you guys. I don't know the answer. But I was thinking about the Padres, and I'm sorry, Andrew, your Mets. Who? Who have not performed particularly well this year, given the money they spent. Haven't noticed. But if you're the Dodgers, as an example, right, you have a you have pretty unlimited resources. So they've cut down their payroll a lot in the last six years. But still, they are very successful even when the injuries strike. To me, it's who runs your front offices. Do you think we've reached a point in Major League Baseball where the most important person in your organization is actually the person in, in the front office. Because I, I think there was a time where you could just overspend and, and, and make it up. Would you, would you guys lean into the theory that the actual most important asset an owner can get is the right... Like, if there's three or four or five brilliant front office people that are existing in the country, those are the people you target. Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean... It's got to be about finding players, developing players, and that starts with that person. Maybe more so you can't hire the wrong person. Like, it's too hard to overcome somebody not setting up a system of success. Maybe you don't need a, you know, a great one, but you need a, you need a lukewarm. You need a room temperature one. No duds running your team. I mean, how is AJ, is AJ Preller, is that the guy's name? Yes. How is that guy still the GM? Of the Potters, Juan Soto traded for. Now these are these are compliments of um, of the Ken Barbie doll over here. See, you're not just a, a, a sexy face, Tom, in a pink shirt. Oh, I know I'm not a sexy face. I know you got that the much. Stats. Ah, <laughs> uh, here we go. Juan Soto traded for at the deadline last year. So basically, over Major League season, the guy's hitting 261 with 26 homers and 80 runs driven in. Xander Bogarts has been straight. Is mediocre overstating it? I actually meant to look it up, but it's 10 or 11. I looked it up the other day. It's 10 or 11 home runs. The guy's batting. I can't remember. 270? 264 with 37 RB. I think pedestrian would be too kind. But the, they, but the defense is every other general manager would have traded for yes. Juan Soto with the same package that A.J. Preller did last year. But that's what we're saying. Like, you got to get it right. That's not the right. Maybe that's not the right way to do this thing anymore. No, I think – well, I, I guess with my one kind of overriding – escape hatch for these guys is he made the move that everyone made. He couldn't, no one saw Juan Soto. And there are other numbers with Soto, like he still walks a ton, doesn't strike out. There are, there. no one would have expected him leveling off like this. And like the Padres, they're 0-10. They lost in extras last night again. They're 0-10 in extra innings. They're 6-18 and in one-run games. That's not necessarily skill. There's bad luck involved in there. Like, those numbers shouldn't be like that. I don't know that that's actually the GM's fault. That's a good You're team not, not playing well. Well, you hired the manager. You're not wrong that most or every GM would have done it, but most or every GM would have drafted Greg Oden. Most and every GM after Manning would have gone for Ryan Leaf. It doesn't, 
like your job is also just to, to to get it right, even if it feels like the obvious thing is in front of you. And it's not just him. I mean, Machado's been good, but Tatis signed a massive deal, and he's been he's been good this year. Yeah, well, but he's he also suspended. Right. I mean, he's also like just destroy the clubhouse in some ways. And maybe the Mets are a better example, but I. I almost give the Mets a little more latitude, even though it's not emotional for me the way it is for you, because they have an owner who wants it so badly, and this is that new owner's disease. It happens in every sport. It's happening with the Suns. It's happening soccer with who, who does Bully own? Chelsea? Is that right? It happened with mm-hmm. Chelsea. It's happened with the Mets. You come in. You, you're willing to spend money, which I respect. You're probably overly involved. Some of these guys figure this out over three or four or five years. Right. Like there is a timeline to learn to do that job. And if the Mets are the example, and Billy Epler is the GM there, now he spent money incorrectly on Max Scherzer. That has not worked out on a, from a baseball perspective. I know people are trying to sell that Scherzer's value is also in like validating the organization and whatever. That doesn't sail with me. But on the flip side of the negatives, Billy Epler built a team last year that won 101 games. Right. But then got whatever, however you want to describe it, thought they would all do the same thing again. Guys who had great years last year, better than normal, would, would, would then duplicate that this year. And they all went back to being the way they normally play. So the same team, same decisions, the same, built by the same guy, now is five games under 500 and selling. So like, what's, which is the right Billy Epler? I think what well, we're learning is we've got to have some sort of balance here, right? Like, they won 101 games last year. They're not meeting expectations right now. But if you look at the complete flip side of it, you have the Cincinnati Reds in first place. You have the Baltimore Orioles in first place. And they're both 26th and 29th in payroll. And they'll, they'll never have a chance to sign a Max Scherzer, a Justin Verlander, trade for a Juan So Like, it'll, that'll never happen. I, let me just make this point about the Orioles. You're not wrong, but Baltimore very intentionally – Ripped it down to the studs. And only finally is good again. Yeah, yeah. Years in the wilderness. They basically did what the Royals did. I cite this because I was around that team and wrote about them. I mean, the Royals won a World Series and made back-to-back World Series. But it took literally, Tom, it took 10 years of, eight years of of not losing, but horrific, no one's at the ballpark losing. Because that was their market. And and Andrew's right. I mean, Baltimore is terrible forever. And they did it. They were. The Mets can't do that. The Mets cannot be bad for... They can be bad on purpose for three years, let alone six or seven. And, and the Reds, the Reds also have a phenom, which is part of this this process. I just, I think you have to go a different route if you're the Mets, the Yankees, the Cubs, the Dodgers. Who am I forgetting? Whoever, maybe the Astros. If you're a major market like that, yeah, I mean, and like the Orioles, by the way, um, want to trade for Justin Verlander. Now they were never going to pay him right. two years and eighty-six million dollars, but they're going to pay him. They might if they trade for him, they're going to have prospects and they're going to pay some money for him. And even you know the Reds and Elliot De La Cruz, relatively speaking, they got him for like five dollars, and then he exploded. Now part of that, part of that is their development, but sometimes you luck into a guy going. North as opposed to going south, like yeah. it's, they're all interconnected. The choices and then the players need to do their part as well, because again, Soto was the right guy for the Padres last year, and he helped them get to the NLCS. They could have, should have been in the Phillies, and they didn't. And now this year, for whatever reason, they can't figure it out as a group. Do you want the Mets GM to continue for the next two or three years? Um, are I, you are, are you confident? 
I would ability. prefer that the Mets hire somebody in between him and Steve Cohen. A buffer. Good luck with that. I, not even a buffer. I, I, would, I don't mind Billy Epler staying. I you would like somebody else. Yes. I want the dude ops. from the Brewers, David Stearns, to come in and really be the person that calls the shots with Epler helping. I mean, the thing is, like, those things are always hard to figure out if it's going to work. And we know this from the NFL and the NBA and, and Major League Baseball. It just depends if, if an owner is going to – because owners will always say that they're going to be hands-off, but it's in it's in the dire situations. You know, in the NFL, it's in the draft, maybe NBA too, or major free agency signing. Like, you have to actually, if you're an owner, if you're going to do that, let that guy make the decisions that you don't agree with. You have to defer to the professionals if you're going to bring that guy in and it's going to work. Is Cohen able to do that? I don't know. We don't know, but he also has not now had any knee-jerk reaction to the crap of this year. Hasn't fired anybody, has is, has gone to bat for the team. No, but now they're in purgatory. They're in no man's land. They're not rebuilding. They're not stripping it down, but they're also going to be under 500 and miss the playoffs. Well, they're getting fairly... Um, That's why, like, if I'm the I, Mets or I'm the Padres, like, if you don't think the players that you have on your roster will meet said expectations... In next year, two, three years moving forward, why not have a fire sale? Well, I mean, the Mets have traded their closer and Scherzer. Who's not really their closer? And their outfield, but but was a closer and doing the job well and has been a closer in the past, was a closer for the team that won the National League last year. But they traded their closer, they traded Scherzer, they might trade Verlander, they traded one outfielder and maybe another. I mean, they're basically giving away, trading away everyone that has any value right now. They're not trading Alonzo, they're not trading Lindor, because those are still building pieces. They're not trading Nimmo, but everybody else is available. I'd do the same thing if I'm San Diego. I would do the same exact thing. You would sell. I would. I would listen to any offer for any player on my roster. I think the problem is that it takes a lot more to convince ownership, I think, in San Diego to buy, to, to be on a spree like that than maybe it does in New York. And I think Preller is probably under a lot of pressure to make some, some kind of a push. Yeah, but it's all and it's also not like football or basketball or hockey where you go, okay, I'm going to be bad for this year, right. and then I'm going to draft Connor McDavid or Andrew Luck or Victor Webinyama, and all things will be good. You, it's not that fast in baseball. So no, it's, it's five a diff- years. Yeah, it's a different argument. You're, and... The people here in New York can be okay with, like, I forget what, what are the words the Mets use? Repurpose. You can make a fancy, like, mini facelift, but yeah. you can't spin your wheels for five to six years, draft, and then wait for Gunnar Henderson to show up like Baltimore did. It's great that it's working in Baltimore and Cincinnati, but there's yep. no patience for that anywhere else. And by the way, Baltimore didn't have patience anymore. Who cares about patience? Adley Rutschman. I mean, Baltimore's... Fun too. Who yeah. cares about the patience of the fan base? We the like people the Yan- that need the fans to show up to the games. We yeah, like dude. The Mets and Yankees have never been bad before. You got to doubt. Yeah. You got to deal in reality. Not for five years, dude. Not for three to five. I can remember when when Jason Lock and Fora would come on this show. He's a he's an Orioles fan for three or four or five years. A running joke when he was a guest on the show was how bad his team was. It was you're talking. I don't remember, but I think it's been five or six years, maybe I'm, more. I mean, they're bad right now. And just because people are showing up, they continue to be bad with the same players that are making the same amount of money. People will stop showing up. Dude, they're not, they're not, whatever, 18 games under 500. I mean, right. come on. They're med- I don't even know, what are they, five games under 500? Yes. I mean, Tom, that and is still technically alive. Whether you want to believe it or right, not, they are right, still right. technically in a chase for the wild card. And those things happen, by the way. Team, I mean, they're probably not going to do it, but right. teams do go on. 
It's a long season. There's a lot of games left. Right. I just think it's farcical that we say just because you're in a big market, you have to spend money. Like, who, like that's not big, on anybody. Like big market teams, just because no. they spent you. You're you're saying that you have to sell the fan base so that they show up. Everybody has to do that, whether no, you're uh, in a small market or a big let, market. Yo, Barbie, yo, Ken, let me tell you what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying that they cannot tear it down and take five or six years. Right. I mean, the Mets are actually doing the middle ground right now. They're retaining some of their pieces. They're trading somewhat valuable assets if you're a contender right now. They're trying to sort of thread that needle. But they're not going to be like, you know, to hell with it. Let's be bad for years. Let's pour all of our money into the international scouting market. Let's draft high High leverage, high – because the other thing is, like, when you rebuild, you have to make a decision. Are you going to pay these guys – oh, my – I got the break sign. Oh, my gosh, look how late we went, Tom. God, just because you look like Ken doesn't mean you can just drive us this late. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk a little um, Lamar Jackson for 30 seconds after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogush. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. He's Bill Ryder, and people can't stop listening. The best lobster in the country. You eat way too many pieces of corn on the cob. Everyone's mad at you, and your takeaway, yeah, it was pretty good. It was okay. It wasn't like, oh, this is, it was like, oh, this is yummy, but it was, it was two ounces of meat, I think, and then it was over. That's your takeaway? It well, wasn't bad? So it wasn't bad? It's Ryder than you with Bill Ryder. You are just passionate defender of the lobsters and the, and the seafood. Look. I like me some sea bream. I like me some sea bass. I-, I like me some catfish. Give me some freshwater bass and some bluegill back in the day. Hell, dude, I've, I'll eat frog legs, or I used to when I was a kid. I'll, I just I don't like the salmon. And the lobster's good. The lobster's good. Uh, all right, let me think of this. Do you like tomatoes? Yes, I like tomatoes. You'll eat a tomato? Yes. Would you climb to the top of a mountain in an arduous journey battling bridge trolls to eat a tomato? No, I don't love tomatoes that much. Right, it just depends on the work you have to go through. A lobster is a lot of work. You've got to crack the shell. You've got to get in there. And then, like, people were 
sucking at the legs, and I'm like, to get like, I'm like, okay, I'll try it, and I got a sliver of meat that I that I mistook for hair. <laughs> I think you're over exaggerating just a little, <laughs> just a little bit there. I'm not. We're not gonna get. We're gonna do Lamar Jackson hour because we're talking about this. I'm not, man. Listen, I fully admit there's more work to eating a whole lobster. There's no doubt about it. It's the quality, though. Like, getting that done is better than just eating a 32-ounce steak that's just sitting on your plate. That's not true. That is not a uh, third. Oh, man. I mean, like. Plus, you guys crushed me about the, you know, the experience of eating a lobster yesterday. Give me more of a, of a 12 or 16-ounce filet. It's kind of where I would go. You know, maybe a little little green peppercorn sauce but on the side because sometimes I just want the meat and sometimes I want the, the green peppercorn sauce. Give me some French fries. Ooh, let's go. There's something to be said about eating a whole lobster. Cooking yeah. it yourself, cracking it yourself, getting the meat out, a little drawn butter. What? I don't want to slaughter the cow. But it, that's the thing. It's different. It's different. And that's part of the reason why I like it better. Are you a fan of Charlotte's Web, the, the book? Uh, no, I'm familiar okay. with it, but I can't say that I'm a huge fan. Okay, that you're 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 a wonderful person. Um, it's a book about a spider that saves a pig. It's, that I would. Uh, it's already on my little dude's bookshelf. We have it. I don't know if we've actually cracked okay, it open cl- yet. American classic. E. B. White is the guy that wrote it from Maine. Lori, my wife, wanted to go by E. B. White's grave when we were in Maine, so we drove an hour to go to the cemetery. And we walk up to E. B. White's grave, and I'm trying to pretend I'm interested in this. And the book's great. And there, I'm not kidding. Somebody had set flowers near there, and a spider had made a spider web from the flowers to Evie White's grave. And if you know, Charlotte makes in the book makes messages to save. Is it Wilbur the pig? Wilbur the pig. Yes, that much I know. Pretty magical. That was a better experience than the lobster. Come on, man. I'm serious, Dan. It was a message from a spider honoring E.B. White for making spiders look. Have spiders ever looked good before or after? No. Everybody hates spiders. E.B. White made spiders popular, and they honored him at his. I'm serious. It was amazing. Lobsters are overrated. Tom's not. Let's talk to C.J. Natowski about MLB trade deadline next on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.